0: Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have a special guest on, Chris. How are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing great, Sean. And you?
0: I'm doing good. Chris has been in numerous bands you, I'm sure we all know about. So let's
1: talk. Let's dig in, man. Let's, let's yeah, yeah. A little, little, a little yeah. history
0: to introduce you to the people that may may
1: not know you. Right, right. Well, uh, you know, I started out like a lot of like a lot of people did. You know, just in, in the basement, man. And I started out by listening, uh, you know, to artists that I loved at the time, Alice Cooper, Black Sabbath, uh, Purple, uh, you know, uh, Zeppelin, on and on. Um, but uh, uh, I was just, uh, I'd say Alice Cooper uh, probably is the man that touched me the most and really made me want to play guitar. When I heard those guitars and just the creamy, uh, sound that they were getting on that, I just I just fell in love with the guitar. A Friend of mine ha- happened to have one, so he showed me a, a few chords and let me borrow his acoustic. And then uh, came uh, Christmas time came around, my parents bought me a uh, an imitation Les Paul. I remember, I think it was a fifty dollar guitar. I think I saw a picture of it somewhere. But uh, anyway, I was I was gung ho. I mean, within six months. I, I started my first band and it was just kids around the neighborhood, you know. We were all about uh 14, fifteen. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, uh it uh it, we, you know, I had I had a basement. We were living in South Carolina, so we rehearsed down there to to my parents' chagrin. And uh then I kind of moved on and uh to some other bands that had better, you know, you know, more advanced players. And so that's kind of, you know, and I spent a lot of time, you know, back then we, it was either records or cassettes, basically, um, eight, eight track as well. But so I spent a lot of time on a cassette player, just hitting the rewind button and the play button. And, and, you know, how's he doing that? You know, and, uh, uh, we all need mentors, of course. So I had a few people to show me, uh, you know, I remember, uh, the very first band i think we had three songs you know i think we had uh, jumping jack flash and we had uh, proud mary and uh, i can't remember the other one but i remember this uh, guy from this uh, uh, other band coming in going, going uh you know you guys are really going to have to you know add to your repertoire there you know and he's like here let me show you a few things and uh, that was really cool But, uh, you know, um, so it was really a grassroots start for me, but I was uh, I was real motivated. And by the time I, uh, you know, I went to high school in uh, South Carolina. But by the time I we moved back uh, here on the West Coast in 75, I'd already been in like three bands. So, um, yeah, you had to move. You ran out of bands. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) And it was great. I had I had this one friend, and uh, you might remember the band Warrior. Do you remember them? Yeah. They were on uh, they were on Capitol. They did one record uh, called uh, "Fight." Uh, song was uh, "Fighting for the Earth." But anyway, it was a friend of mine, uh, Tommy Osakawa, and uh, he, uh, you know, when I came back, he was sort of the only guy that I really had kept in touch with, mm-hmm. and we had both started playing guitar at the same time, and he was just doing like uh you know keg parties just jamming you know bass player drums and a guitar you know robin trower doo-doo-loo, 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 doo-doo, 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 you know and i said hey man like let you know let's this is all cool but let's put together a real band yeah. and i said do you know any singers and he said well he says he goes. i know this i, I met this one guy down at the boardwalk his name was steve I said, all right, well, you know, let's, let's get him up here, man. And we were rehearsing in uh, Tom's garage. And so, uh, so, you know, we, uh, we got in touch with him. And so this guy shows up, he gets dropped off and walks in and uh, you know, and it was of course it was Stephen Piercy Mm -hmm. and uh, and we were like, Hey man. And he really kind of wanted to be a guitar player more than anything. He'll tell you this too. Uh, but you know, we needed a singer. (laughs) And so, you know, he was down. I mean, he had, you know, he had talent. So, you know, we couldn't really hear him that low. He he was sort of in the corner, but he looked cool. You know, they had this, you know, had this all this hair going on. We're like, yeah, this guy's cool. And uh, I, I never forget, but he, uh, he asked me for a ride home. I said, yeah, sure, man. And right away, the guy like sprang to life. And he was like, Hey, Hey man, we can do this. And I'm like, you know, I never heard anybody say that to me. Like, what what do you, what do you mean? You know, he he goes, no, we can do this, man. We can make this happen. You know, we, we can, you know, we can be huge. You know, we, we can be, you know, putting uh, cocaine in our cereal instead of sugar, you know? And, uh, (laughs) and it's funny because we really did say that, but, uh, anyway, we became fast friends and, uh, Stephen and I, and, uh, so we played with uh, our other friends for a bit and then we broke off and Steven had this idea uh, to use, uh, uh, there was a magazine out called Mickey Rat. It was a comic and it was just with one T, uh, but he was sort of, uh, the character was sort of the antithesis of Mickey Mouse. So he was like this boozing, you know, dope smoking, you know, chick fucking, you know, guy. I, I'm assuming it's okay to use this language. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. No, all right. Yeah. Just telling, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can, I'm good with being censored. Um, but, uh, uh, so, uh, we just added another T on there sort of for, you know, copyright purposes and, uh, and so on. And, and we were became Mickey rat and, uh, it was kind of funny because it sort of reflected our lifestyle in a way too. And, uh, You know, Stephen had really cool ideas for, you know, different clothing. And, you know, I remember going to, you know, thrift uh, shops and just finding these cool odd coats. I mean, I remember one night we went out and played and we were dressed up in these surgery outfits, right? Like we were, you know, kind of rock surgeon guys, you know, we just, you know, they were like, I don't know, a few bucks or something. We picked them up just to just to do something different, you know? and so we uh so we started we did pretty well on the uh, san diego circuit We started playing the uh all the places you could play down there which weren't really that many. What was this, 76 77? Uh yeah, this is this is starting uh, uh mickey rat was about 7 uh, late 77 okay. So we played down there and by around 79 we had played most of the you know Cool places to play down there, um, and Stephen said, "Hey, listen, uh, we got to go up to L.A. And uh, you know, I I'd never, I don't think I'd ever been to L.A. <laughs> um, but uh, he had. He, in fact, he had lived up there as a as a kid. He went to school up there, and they, his mom had moved him down to San Diego. So so he kind of knew it and it took him a while to convince me but uh but what 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 did it was uh, van halen and he went up there and saw van halen and came back down and just told us i mean cuz there's a whole there was this whole thing that uh, uh we like to call the uh, san diego mafia and that was uh and it's a bunch of guys that were were from san diego that moved up to LA and all kind of did something, and and this was, you know, obviously Stephen, myself, Robin Crosby, uh, Jakey e. Lee, Warren D. Martini. Um, uh, I'm leaving out a few guys. There were there were more, and uh, and uh, it's funny. Uh, Grover Jackson actually dubbed us the uh, San Diego Mafia, <laughs> but uh, Stephen and I took made you know um after seeing them and meeting them he was like crazy he's like we gotta we gotta get up there and so i said all right let's go so january 1st of 1980 we packed everything we had into a into a uh, into a car and a little pickup truck and moved into um uh, a friend of his mother's garage that was sort of fixed up into a room yeah and that was sort of uh you know rat you know mickey rat slash rat headquarters um and it was uh you know like we slept in there we had our gear in there we partied in there we did everything in there <laughs> and um it was it was pretty crazy but uh pretty close cool to you guys stay in the garage I can dog. imagine that yeah having we kids in my just- garage <laughs> I mean, we had, we had the set list up on the wall, right. Up until a few years ago, it was still there. And I think Stephen went recently and, and, uh, visited that place. It was down in Culver city, which is mm-hmm. just uh down just South of LA here. And, uh, and, you know, there were different people living there and they had redone the place, but, uh, uh, that, that was, it was there for a long time. All that stuff on the wall, um, uh, <laughs> And it's funny because we used to rehearse in his mom's garage while while we were still in San Diego, and he went and visited for his uh, for his documentary that he that he yeah, that I he just still, yeah uh, yeah, and uh, I think there was still there was still some shit written on the wall. Yeah, it's a know? spray painted on there.
0: Just, yeah, yeah. Did you see it? it was, yeah, he was yeah. out. We we promoted it, and um, that was uh, one of the things. I was standing to see that it was still there. Yeah. After all
1: these years, it was just crazy. I don't
0: think they knew it was but, there.
1: Like, how would you, I don't even know how you wouldn't even know that. I know. I know. It's just crazy. I guess, you know, they they just didn't realize what it was, you know, just whatever. It's a garage, right? <laughs> I
0: know, but it was sprayed on the wall. I and mean, I guess her husband was a huge rat fan so like, to like also to find out that. Yeah.
1: That was the deal. That was the deal. Um, but, uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, You know, uh, we, when we got up there, we, we, we got this, uh, we talked to this promoter because we wanted to get gigs. And, uh, we, when we arrived, it was sort of the new wave thing was still going on. So it was the skinny ties and, you know, the, the, you know, jangly, you know, Strat guitars and, you know, uh, that whole whole new, new wave thing, you know, which was okay, but it wasn't what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know i think and you know van halen was the only you know real heavy band but of course by then they were huge right you know they were they were gone man they were just you know out out you know out touring the world oh, you wait, know?
0: 79 yeah 80 they were yeah st- you know second album I Even mean, because their third album by then
1: oh yeah yeah so but i'll tell you what i think i think so anyway this guy tells us hey you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta get, you gotta cut your hair and, you know, all this shit. And we were like, fuck you, man. You know, uh, you know, we don't want to do that. Uh, so we went and kind of sort of, kind of sort of did it, you know, just a sort of half hearted little Mm -hmm. snip here and there. And, uh, you know, we started playing all the clubs at the time and we graduated, uh, uh, to the, to the strip and, uh, uh, we were playing a club called Gazares, which I'm sure you probably remember. Yep. And uh, we became sort of the house band there. I mean, we graduated to the big stage there, and we played there every weekend. And uh, it was, uh, you know, and by this time, the, the whole strip thing was coming alive. And I'll tell you what did it. And that, that was uh, Motley. And I remember the first night, they played the whiskey. Um, and you know, it's like they came. They came out there and they were just, you know, dressed to the T's. You know, fucking hair up to here, and uh, it just everybody was like, "Fuck!" You know, I mean, it took some balls to do that because nobody was nobody was doing that. You know, they were the first guys to really. I mean, obviously, it had been done, you know, in the glam earlier oh, right. in the seventies. He is said that was an influence, but. The, what, like yeah.
0: sweet or enslaved maybe raspberries i mean
1: yeah right
0: you know those were all
1: but yeah yeah but you know but nobody was doing it at the time and uh they ignited in my in my opinion they ignited the scene and before you knew it everybody started wanting to look like and play like motley crew and be like motley crew and uh you know uh you know so we used to hang out with them and uh we you know of course they had that legendary uh apartment uh yeah up there on clark street uh it sounds above so the gross it street. sounds so gross to me <laughs> it was we had gross but, apartments uh, in
0: college and i just imagine that would be a billion times worse i'm like oh it's, i don't see this glamorous but it was, but it a was you know at,
1: at that i mean we're like you know what twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three 22, 23 year old kids. We didn't give a shit. You know, it was, it was just, it was just a blast. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, what wound up happening is Stephen and I sort of had a difference of opinion of, of, uh, musically. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do, we were doing some stuff. Uh, Steven did most of the writing. I hadn't really developed my writing skills yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not that any of it was bad or anything, but I, I was, I kind of wanted to do something a little more melodic. And so I had a singer uh, in mind that just happened to have left his band. We were playing with the Gazzaris. So we sort of immediately got together and that's when we started writing together. That's when I sort of came alive and, um, but the cool thing was that steven and i stayed great friends it didn't affect yeah. our friendship was at all
0: the guitar so it was two guitar players at the time right who was the other one mm, uh,
1: mickey rat. Yeah, who,
0: yeah who else was mickey rat at the time you were there in the lineup
1: well it was uh we we just changed it to rat you know it's it, we just dropped the but mickey like by the time of, like i know jake was there and i know um so so jake so it was just me on guitar okay and and then and then Jake and then Jake came in next, and then it was a whole uh, it was a whole you know uh, um, what do you call it uh, musical chairs sort of musicians that came in and played guitar and bass, and it was funny because uh, a lot of the guys that were in Rat also wound up being in Rough Cut, and vice versa. So I, so I started, so what I did is I started this band called Sarge, um, with, hi, with this hi. guy, Stephen St. James. And, uh, we got, we sort of had this, uh, thing where we were like dressed up sort of like army rock guys. And it was, it was kind of a cool spiel. Uh, Nikki dug it. He was like, he came to all our shows. He was like, yeah, you guys are cool, man. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we're doing something right. You know? And, uh, um, Like we would, I think we would have, we we had a deal. We actually had a uh, a spec deal to go in the studio with a real producer. One of the guys had done Kansas was looking to do an LA strip band Mm -hmm. and he had heard about us. And so we, we, we had done pre-production with this guy and all of a sudden out of the blue My singer, Steven, says, hey, man, I'm sorry, but uh, uh, Barry Gordy from Motown just uh, uh, propositioned me and uh, wants to uh, wants to uh, do a band with me and a bunch of other players. And I was like. Now, really, he's like, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay." and he's like, yeah, and he's going to you know, he's going to give me money, too you know and so i was kind of pissed but i couldn't really blame him so i had to call up this producer the, you know and right. tell him hey, you know Brad his name is Brad Aaron and it, and you know he, he was he was a, he was a heavyweight guy and I, I was kind of afraid of him and i had to call him up and say hey man like uh, yeah we lost our singer dude and i said but there's some good news i said we, we've got another guy that we think is good and that might be able to take his place. And he said, "Well, all right, let's get him up here and you know have us." And it turned out it was uh, it was Rob Lamoth uh, from uh, River Dogs. Oh wow! Of course, he wasn't he wasn't in River Dogs back then. He was right. he was one of the San Diego Mafia guys that I didn't mention. And he was playing. He had played with Robin down in San Diego. They had a band, uh, Mac Mita. And another band called secret service and uh, a whole bunch of musical chairs going on down there, but we knew Rob and uh, we knew he could sing. And uh, uh, so, yeah, he came up, he came up, stayed with us and we need, he, he, he wrote some different lyrics and uh, we did a, we did a, we did sort of a, a showcase for this producer. And, uh, and he said he goes yeah he goes good he goes uh it's not the same band and we're like well wh- what do you what do you mean it's not the same band he goes well it this is a completely different band and we're, we and we didn't you know you we didn't sound really like different to you did not sound about.
0: different to you guys like a new that singer really changed yeah, that much
1: it did and wow. the thing is 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 you know, you know, it's like, it wasn't until later that I really got what he meant. You know, it was sort of like, um, you know, Sammy Hager versus David Lee Roth. I mean, it's still Van Halen, but they were different, you know, and, and that's, I guess the closest analogy I can come to, but uh, so anyway, we went and did the demo turned out great, but we, you know, we just, we just missed the boat, but what wound up happening fortuitously for me was that, uh, I was playing with, uh, I was playing with Matt Thorne from rough cut. He was in the, uh, he was, he was, in, he was also a San Diegan who had moved up. In fact, he was living with Jake at the time they were buddies and, uh, he was playing, he played bass and Sarge. And it turned out that, uh, rough cut, uh, was you know a band that we had seen and we were aware of them we were you know kind of friendly with them uh and it was jake on guitar it was claude schnell on keyboards and uh uh, of course it was paul shortino on vocals and david alford on drums right and so anyway uh when craig i mean not craig but when jake left Uh, to go do the Aussie thing, uh, you know, uh, and then uh, Claude left to go go do the Ronnie thing. It's like they needed some players and uh, they saw us play. And I never remember, I'll never forget. It was Wendy and Ronnie Dio there and David and Paul. And uh, they propositioned us, me, both uh, Matt and myself and said, hey, you know, we, we, we really dig you guys, you know, like, you know, we, we've, we've got this thing going and, you know, it happened that they had uh, just happened to have Ronnie and Wendy Dio behind them. And we, uh, I remember getting together and having a meeting and, uh, you know, of course meeting Ronnie it, it was like, so cool, you know, anybody's, you know, young guys dream come true. And he was just the nicest guy you can imagine. And uh, very, complimentary.
0: Uh I don't think anybody's uh, ever said anything bad about it. him ever. Like nah. he's been perfect.
1: Yeah. You know, he's he's uh you know he's the epitome of of a guy with uber amount of talent, but was also just a great person as well and treated everybody equally. Everybody equally but he wasn't afraid to tell you his mind either. Right. And, you know, we'd be in the studio and if he, you know, if he heard something he didn't like, he'd say, okay, Hey, let's try something else here, guys. And, uh, but that's what you need, you know, when you're a young band. And so it wound out, wound up that, uh, Ronnie produced our, our first, uh, demo rough cuts, first demo. And actually it was the second. They had done one with, with, uh, with, um, Craig and, um, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Jake and, uh, and uh, Claude. Um, it was a couple songs. I can't remember if, if Ronnie produced it or not, but um, but it was the first rough cut line. You know, it was the closest thing to the lineup that became rough cut. And uh, so we went and uh, what was funny, um, what was interesting is Ronnie was just finishing up Holy Diver in uh, Sound City. And uh, so he invited us down to the studio to listen to. They were just finishing the mixes, right? And so we, we went down there. And of course, I, I'd never been in a studio like Sound City at, the, at the time, that time. I'd, you, know, I'd, you know, not quite that caliber. And, you know, just walking down the hall and there's just gold and platinum records just all the way down the hall. Everybody was there. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, Tom Petty, Fleetwood Mac, I mean, everybody. And it was like, holy shit. And the room was huge. And, uh, and uh, you know, so we went in there and he played us the tracks and they just, I mean, it just blew us away, man. And, uh, you know, it was like we were just looking at each other going, what the fuck and it was like it just sounded great and uh it was I, I remember just thinking god damn i mean what a privilege this is you know and so what happened is you know he uh pulled their stuff out of there and he and he booked a couple of extra days for us to come in well that's pretty and, straight uh, up yeah yeah and so we did this uh demo and we did two two tracks try a little harder and uh, queen of seduction and they were pretty, pretty heavy tracks. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, uh, I think they were, you know, partially instrumental in getting us signed. And, uh, and it was just a really amazing experience. And so basically it with, with Wendy behind us uh, as our manager and, you know, Ronnie in the background, it took about nine months for us to get signed. And we were, I remember the day we got signed to Warner brothers and, uh, this was, uh, 84. And, uh, you know, it's one of that's one of those days you just will never forget. And, uh, of course we, we all thought, you know, we were going to be, you know, we were going to be fucking huge and so on. And, and, you know, you know, I remember Ted Templeman taking us through taking, giving us a tour Mm. of Warner brothers, the studios over there. And, you know, showing us all the memorabilia and all the Van Halen stuff, and talking to us and telling us about Dave and all his antics and shit. And, and uh, you know, was, you know, I, I remember the day that uh, I remember the day that Choir Riot got signed. We were down, we were hanging all hanging out down at the Troubadour, and uh, I think it was uh, Carlos and uh, maybe Frankie. I think it was those two came down and. and and it's like, man, we got signed. We got signed. And we were, we were like, holy shit, you know, that's fucking great. And it was. Uh,
0: and That was after you guys had gotten signed.
1: Was a, what's that? Is it after you guys had gotten signed already? I I can't remember. I think I think they had gotten signed a little bit before us. Well, I know they were in the a scene
0: too when Mickey Rat early in the, in the late seventies. They were doing their thing. Their own they version. were. They've been. They were
1: in the seventies yeah. too. They, they They went through the same musical, you know, chair sort of thing, right? With Kevin and, you know, Randy and the whole nine yards. And then it was Dubrow and it was, you know, all this, all you know, I'm, you know, I, I forget all the specifics of it, but uh, um, it's just stuff, you don't, you don't forget. Right. So uh, anyway, we, we basically, uh, we, uh, we, we went in and uh, we waited. One of the problems with Rough Cut was, Our timing was bad because, you know, Ted wanted to produce us and we wanted him to produce us. But he was busy with Van Halen. And then Dave had just gone out. Roth had just gone and and done the solo record. And Ted was producing that as well. So he was busy. So we waited almost a year. And that's not a good thing to do. When you get signed, you need to jump on it Mm -hmm. and go. And, uh, and, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, we had a $400,000 deal and that was fucking unheard of now, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, as two, it was, we guaranteed two record deal and, uh, with option within, with their option to pick us up again. And, uh, anyway, so finally we realized it wasn't going to happen. So we started going, Okay. Who else do we want to produce this? And we were listening yeah. to all of these different producers. And we were big Judas Priest fans, right? And uh so it turned out that Tom Allen, who had done all the priest albums, mm-hmm. uh or, or most of them up to uh up to the time. I think the last one he had done right before that was a uh, Defenders of the Faith, which is one of my favorite priest records of all time. And it turned out that he was free. And we said, "And we said, hey, Wendy, can you get a hold of Tom Allen? And it turns out, you know, he's, he came down and listened to us and said, yeah, I'll do it. You know, I'm ready. let's go. So we uh, did the record in the record plant, which was an amazing, another amazing experience. You know, I mean, you know, that's we were in the room that, uh, you know, where, where heaven and hell was cut, you know, and it's just... <laughs> It's like, what? And, you know, um, so uh, so we did the record. And uh, first thing we did was we hopped on tour um, and we had done a lot of things. I mean, we we, before we even got signed, Wendy had uh, taken us, brought us over to uh, England and had us do uh, 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 what was that famous club over there? I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, But we we did this uh, club and we did a couple of other uh, dates and uh, came back. And then we did this other uh, we did this other thing called Rock Palace. I don't know if you remember that or not. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it was shot. It was it was a TV show that was shot at the uh, palace right here in Hollywood. And uh, um, it was it was a pretty big deal. And uh, it was it was almost unheard of for an unsigned band. To, but she had a lot of pull so we got to do that and then you know once we did once we did get the deal and made the record we the first thing we did was was hopped on a bus and went out on tour with ronnie Dio. wow and started started playing arenas man that's crazy yeah. It it is it was you know and uh i mean we were playing playing places that you know, I could, you know, that I'd heard of, or like a dream of, you know, I mean, you know, the Omni in Atlanta, you know, the Spectrum, you know, the Forum here in LA, you know, the Sports Arena down in San Diego, to name a few. And, uh, you know, these huge places. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it was just, it was just a mind-blowing experience. And this was, this was 85 into 86. And then uh, when, and this was the, uh uh, this was the uh, uh, sacred heart tour uh, that Ronnie's that Ronnie was uh, dead where he had the dragon and all that stuff out on stage. And I remember uh, we'd, we'd go out, we'd go out, we'd go out under the stage, you know, uh, after we played and uh, we'd, we'd listen to him Then we'd go out and hang out and grab chicks and stuff. And, and uh, just, we just had an amazing time. That was just so much fun. But uh um, after that, we, uh, we, uh, after Ronnie took a break, we, uh, went out, uh, we stayed out, we went out with, uh, except and, uh, Crocus for, for, oh, geez, I think probably about six months or so. And, uh, that was cool too. I mean, uh, we weren't doing arenas. We were doing, uh, big halls basically, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, thousand seeders and stuff like that. Maybe a little bigger in some cases, but, uh, um, that, I mean, that, and that was a hell of a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, then we came back and we, we backed up with Ronnie for a while. And, uh, then we went, we went to Europe. Um, and, uh, we did, uh, of course we did, uh, a couple uh, most of the cities in uh, England you know, I remember doing Manchester of course London and I think we did maybe two or three other uh, cities over there uh, we did uh, Denmark uh, we did uh, um, I did a couple cities in Germany uh, and then we went to Japan and we did this thing uh, called Rockfest I think Japan was actually a little before it was called rock Rockfest 85. And uh, there's uh, you can see it on YouTube. Uh, the performances is up there and they uh, they recorded uh, professionally recorded uh, uh, four of our four of our songs. And uh, you can just you can just you can just Google it and uh, see them if you feel like it. And it's uh, um, yeah. the thing is, it was an all day. It was uh, I think the roster was Foreigner, Sting, Ronnie.
0: What? Sting and Ronnie really- in the same bill? Yeah. That's it was That was you know I mean, I like yeah I, like, I, like, I like when they yeah. are mixed up, but I, I that's i I've never thought of
1: that. The Japanese are like that. They're they're you know they they do things a little differently. And uh yeah, and it was, you know, uh foreigner sting, Dio, uh mama's boys, <laughs> oh my god, uh, us and there were uh, I can't remember the other acts. I'm sure the other guys probably can. Uh I, I, I was a little bit wasted through most of it, but, uh, um, um, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, so I've got, I've got a few holes in my memories from back from back then, but I remember the big, I remember the big things. Um, you remember you had fun. But, uh, what's that? <laughs> you remember you had fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, uh, so anyway, this, this was a all day long concert that went into the evening. And I remember we went on at, uh, there were, uh, I think at one point there were 50,000 people out there. It was an outdoor and, um, and it started raining and we went on at four in the morning what? and, yes. and it was raining off and on when we first took to the stage, it wasn't raining about halfway through it started sprinkling and it started raining of course you know we had our our hairspray and our hair was all up and you know and uh and you know we're thinking this is it man i'm gonna get i'm gonna get fucking electrocuted out here right you know i mean you know that that was a very real concern i think uh but uh you know we didn't obviously and uh that was a lot of fun. That was a lot. Japan was eight. You know, uh, it was like a Michael Jackson experience for us. Uh, amazing. you amazing. know,
0: and I think amazing. to Imagine people are still watching any band at four o'clock in the morning when it's raining out. I don't think there's a band. I'd be like, you know what? They, I love this band. It's four o'clock in the morning. It's raining.
1: You know. I know, right? But that's 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 kind of that's sort of the kind of people they are. It's a long you know, day. they're very loyal very loyal i mean japan when and we, germany has really kept the metal going yeah yeah you know you know uh when we when we played with except uh you know of course they were all german and uh uh you know we we sort of got introduced to that you know aspect of of things and it was it was a kind of a whole sort of a different thing they, they made a lot of fun of us they called us the, the california hippies you know <laughs> Well, was it uh, I mean they
0: Krautrock back then was it called? wasn't it labeled Krautrock
1: the the German scene? <laughs> yeah. No it was. Yeah. Of course so we would we, we wouldn't say that to their face but uh um but uh you know they I can't say they were exactly nice to us but what one of the guys uh Peer Baltis the uh, guitar I mean the bassist was a super cool guy and he used to come back and he knew he knew some English. Uh he, he knew, he was pretty good. And he'd come back and hang out with us, and, you know, and talk and hang out after the, after the gig, the rest of the, the rest of them were pretty standoffish, but uh, I don't think they
0: uh, liked I, each other either though. So I wouldn't take it personal. I don't think, yeah. I don't think, you, know, what you I
1: mean? know I think you're, I think you're dead right. I, I, right, I think it was they they had this, less
0: about you guys and just the world.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had this, they had this uh, female manager that, that was, you know, you could, like, you know, you could see the whip hanging out of her purse, right? Yeah. You know, it was funny. It was funny. But, you know, we didn't care. But uh, I think the last night of the tour, we kind of all, you know, everybody kind of just, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was kind of like that with Crocus too, you know. It was, it was like the last night of the tour, they were finally, you know, like. Hey, okay. You guys it, are all right. Crocus
0: was Crocus yeah. the headline? Because they were probably the biggest with the albums, yeah, probably they were. right. They were the the right. Yeah, they
1: had just released uh they had just released that Ballroom record uh
0: blitz uh, uh long stick and they did um they had another big Midnight Zickle.
1: Dynamite. Yeah uh, yeah. And and uh and it's funny because uh Tom had produced them as well, it produced mm-hmm. that record as well, Alan. And um he done a lot of stuff, man. He, uh, he engineered the first Black Sabbath record. This guy has done a lot of stuff. He is, he also engineered the first uh, uh, Def Leppard record as well before he became a producer. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically, uh, uh, so basically we, you know, we came back, we did the second record and we did that with, uh, Jack Douglas and, uh, Jack, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he uh, he produced the likes of uh, John Lennon. Hmm. Uh, uh, He did all the Aerosmith records like Jack did Toys in the Attic and Rocks and all your favorite Aerosmith records, or at least all my favorite Aerosmith records.
0: Never mind.
1: Right. And he was a. in fact, he and his producer and he and his engineer were a team. Uh, uh, and uh, Jay Messina was the engineer, great guy, great guy, an excellent engineer. And the same with Tom, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Mark Dodson was the engineer they were a team as well. And uh, uh, but uh, you know, but they had a, they had a whole different take. So what we did was we kind of, our first record was kind of heavy and uh, and we thought, well, and I think this was a mistake. We we we, we went a little bit more commercial, and we thought you know you know maybe we should maybe we should do that you know the first record, it you know it it, it did you know maybe 125, thousand and it just it's not enough you know it wasn't enough you know, but you know they they picked us up you know and they they picked up the option we did the second record, and you know we toured that record. And I think all told you know we did about two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. and uh worldwide and you know that you know the the problem was that we never really had a real bona fide hit, mm-hmm. so we had we had a great underground following a lot of fans because we toured so much and uh and I mean to this day you know it's like i I get you know people you know all the time hitting me up, you know, just telling me, you know, that they, you know, they listen to my records every day and all that. And I'm sure, you know, everybody who's done anything like what we've done gets that too. It's not like we're unique or anything, but um, you know, uh, so basically uh, we did, we did that record. We tour, toured some more. We, uh, we, 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 we did clubs and uh, we went back to Japan Mm-hmm. And we did uh, We did like a four city tour. And uh, the thing about Japan, man, was when we first flew in there, we had about 500 vans in the airport waiting for us. We couldn't believe it. You know, it was like, Holy shit. And, uh, and then when we, and they thought they knew we were staying the whole nine yards. So every morning we'd wake up and there, there'd be about a hundred, mostly girls, in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, uh, uh, lobby, you know, waiting for us to get up and all that. And they'd have little presents and letters for us every day. Confidence I mean, booster, were, huh? You know, yeah. And, and they, they were very thoughtful people, you know, and, uh, uh you know, they'd follow us and, you know, we, we'd have 40 or 50 of them following us to a restaurant to go out to eat and, you after a while it was like, you know, okay, okay. You know, it's right. like, <laughs> but you know, it, it was, it was a big compliment for sure. Uh, so the second time we went over there, we did, uh, we did these halls and I'm sure I know a lot of other bands have done, done them. They're about like 800 seaters and, uh, we did Osaka. We did, uh, Nagoya. Uh, of course we did Tokyo. And I think, uh, I can't remember the other city, but, uh, it was funny because the concerts would start at about six thirty, and uh, you know, like we were used to going on. You know, of course, much much later. Usually yeah.
0: like now six thirty. Our our age now six thirty sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I can rock and be in bed by eight. This is the best. Totally, man.
1: You but know, back then, I yeah, agree. I mean that is early. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, 200. man. A lo- a lo- a lo- a lo- Eleven thirty concerts, are, you know, are kicking the ass, man. At this point, but yeah, uh, it's like uh, uh, so. But the funny thing was, you would play a song, and they would stand up. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> was, yeah, it What's was so almost weird? like it was. It was almost like it was choreographed, man and uh but again you know and then you know we did meet reads with all that again it was all you know choreographed so anyway uh uh that uh, let me
0: ask you that this time at this point though was there like any singles or like videos because i know some of your stuff and i've listened to your stuff but but, like i don't remember at the time being a big rocker and metalhead seeing a lot of your videos the rough cut
1: videos now well, we had three videos. Uh, we we uh, the first one we did was uh, a song called uh, "We're Never Gonna Die," which was a cover that Warner Brothers made us do that we never liked anyway. That was our that was our first video. Uh, the second one we did was uh, off for the uh, second record was a song called "Double Trouble." Mm -hmm. which was uh which was the song that that we wrote that we liked a lot better um uh and then the third one was for uh a song uh peace of my heart which was obviously a janice right it's a hit it's a hit it was it was a hit and and honestly that that song the way we did it should have been a hit that should it is a good song you're covered too because you guys thanks so anyway, yeah, we had videos out there. I think we had uh, we had double trouble uh, on rotation for like about six weeks on MTV, and uh, that that was about it. So they're out there; you can see them in all their glory. <laughs> uh, so uh, so as a basically rough cut, we we had all the trappings, we did all the cool shit, but uh, uh, you know when it was over, it it was over, you know. And, uh, and that was pretty much it, you know, uh, we kind of did a few things here and there, uh, we released a few things in the nineties. Uh, so we had some outtakes and we wrote, we had, uh, wrote one or two songs and we released, uh, we released an anthology record. Yeah. I just
0: pulled up on my phone. I was was listening to you. I was pulling up the anthology. I really like take her. And I love that. It's on there. The first song, I mean, the first song on there. I really, like that song a lot. Oh, thank it's, you, man. It's a great thank leadoff you. song. That riff is just, it's so different, too. Yeah, yeah, it really is. That song um, they should have worked. That, that was a song that should have worked. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there were there were a few songs that we felt that way about. And, uh, you know, again, uh, timing, it's just, it's everything, you know. Um, and uh, our timing was not good, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, um, but uh so
0: you you guys got a lot in though you guys got a lot in if you think about all the bands that that were that that were lucky per se once the 90s hit they they imploded too like it really seems like you got a lot in that a lot of bands didn't even get before you guys you guys, you know
1: we really did we really did you know and it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and you know, Stephen and I hung out a lot. Of course, you know he he had you know he had the big bucks and he had the he had the mansion up in the hills and the Porsches and all that stuff. And I, you know, it was funny because you know he'd be uh, he'd be out on tour and I'd pull in to his he'd let me stay at his place, right? And then he'd come home and uh, you know we we'd party together and then I would go out. And, uh, that, that was going on for a couple of years and we'd come back. And, uh, uh, I remember, I remember when he came, when they came back off their first tour, the, uh, the, uh, out of the cellar tour, they were out for like a year and a half. And we were, we, that's when we were at the record plant recording the first record with Tom. And so he calls me up, he goes, Hey man, I'm in town. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, cool, man. I'm like, where, are you know, where are you? You know, he goes, well, he goes, I'm just here in Hollywood. I, he, he goes, where are you? I said, well, I'm down here at the record plant. He goes, cool. I'm going to come by. I'm all oh, right on, man. So he comes by, you know, and, uh, and it's like, you know, there he is. And it's like, I hadn't seen him since, you know, since he'd gone out. And, you know, now he was this fucking huge star. And he, he goes, come on out, man. I want to show you this. And he came out he showed me his car and he he had always wanted a Porsche. He came out and he had gotten this 944 and he took me, he took me for a ride and it, I remember it was pouring rain and, uh, you know, it's just, just another one of those things that, you know, you just don't forget. And, uh, but we had, we had a blast, you know, we had a blast. We definitely overdid it. And, uh, <laughs> we uh we also did some we also he and i also did some stuff uh together in the early 90s um that we did uh, that uh, he he had me build up a studio in his uh back uh, he had a, a garage that we outfitted into a studio mm-hmm. and uh we were uh, recording he started a label and we were uh, recording uh, demos Top fuel right yeah and uh we did. We started doing demos, but we also uh, we also wrote a, several songs for ourselves, which he released. were just that were just really raw demos, man. I mean, I'm talking, you know, a drum machine with me on guitar and him, you know, and him singing and me playing bass, and that was it, you know. Uh, and uh, to, actually, some of the songs are pretty cool. And uh, we made we we talked about redoing a few of those. Um, uh, in you know uh in the real way the right way, and so that may happen but uh, uh who knows but uh so uh so yeah we we you know off and on we you know we 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 just did stuff and, and hung out and then you know I didn't see him you know then I didn't see him for years, you know and uh i uh what happened is uh, around ninety three I was living over at his he had he had he had gotten rid of the gotten rid of the place up in the hills and sort of scaled down a little bit and he bought this place in studio city and that's that's where the studio was and i was i was living with him at the time but uh uh you know it just seemed to me like you know you know grunge had you know taken over at that time and everything was i think everybody all of us 80s guys were just kind of bombed yeah you <laughs> know in, in a way you know just to, to certain degrees you know so uh this friend of mine uh do you remember the band of course you know the band black and blue oh, yeah. and yeah. uh i was uh yeah and i was uh, i was real good friends with uh jeff whoop warner uh, one of the guitar players and he had uh he had uh bought a studio up there in uh in portland that's where they were from portland oregon and he said, hey, man, I need you to come up and, uh, you know, help me run this studio. And uh, by this time, I think I, I was just kind of burnt out on L.A., you know, and uh, and I told Stephen, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to you know, I'm going to jump. And, you know, he's like, "Yeah, it's cool, you know. And, and so I, I went up there and uh, drove up there, you know, just everything I had just packed in a little car and uh, lived in the studio for first I helped him set the place up and we uh, we recorded a lot of bands, did a lot of demos up there. And uh, I was up there for about four years and uh, and that's when uh, I got into computers uh, and that's when computers were uh, just starting to, you know, be viable to make music on. And so I wanted to, you know, I've, I've always been a bit of a geek you know, from day one, I uh, you know, as even as a kid, I was like that. And I was really into electronics and, uh, I was, uh, uh, especially, you know, when it came to, you know, guitars and stuff, uh, both Amir and I had a lot of, uh, had had a lot of gear and uh, stuff that we experimented with. And we were, we were both gear heads. So I was really into it. And, uh, what happened was, uh, I started, uh, I started a couple of people. I got into computers. I, I taught myself, uh, computers. Basically I took them apart and kind of figured out how they, you know, went together and it wasn't really that hard and, uh, uh, to put them together and, you know, uh, you know, put on an operating system and all that. And so I, uh, I remember somebody asked me, Hey, can you, can you fix my computer? And I said, yeah, you know, and then before I knew it, Uh, People were asking me to fix their computers and I started charging them for and I I realized that I could make more money uh, uh, working on people's computer than I could in music at the time. So I said, well, you know, uh, I kind of just told myself, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I was at that time, by that time, I was pretty broke.
0: I can tell you this. I went to school in 1989, 90 for recording and it was an analog and then I ended up learning later on the digital. But right now I I do IT for a living. So making a life for music, but doing that, I kind of yeah. feel what you're saying there.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we've got something in common. Yeah, Definitely. So it's,
0: that's the journey that, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, I wound up moving back down to San Diego, which was where I was from originally. And uh, I started, uh, I had started the business in Portland and I sold it, actually sold sold that business. And I came down to San Diego and I, and I started a new business and I was, I was fortunate enough to meet this doctor who needed help with his uh, systems. And before you knew it, I had, I had all these doctors calling me up. Medical up IT. Oh and, my God. It's even the yeah. Asking box. me if I could uh, ask me if I could fix their networks for them. And before you knew it, I, I had a pretty good little business going and I was, uh, I was high. I had to start hiring people and, uh, we were, you know, we were installing networks and uh, maintaining them. And of course we were, you know, you know, running, uh, I think when we started, we were still running windows NT, right. It's a server. And, uh, you know, and uh, I did that, uh, you know, I did that for you know, almost 15 years. And I, I sort of did music in between, you know, it's right. like, I would go for, you know, months without even picking up a guitar. I think I went almost a year one time, but I would do projects off and on, you know, and, um, somebody would ask me and we'd get, I'd get together and do something. Um, but, uh, so then, uh, around, uh, maybe around uh, 2010, I really started getting that itch again. And, uh, I, uh, so I, uh, there was some local band in San Diego, this guy I had met and asked me, yeah, he knew, he, he knew me from Rough Cut and, uh, uh, he asked me, uh, oh, I met him. I, I met him at, uh, this car. I went into, uh, I went into buy a car and, uh, he goes, Chris Hager, Rough Cut. And I went, yeah. He That's goes, that'd be pretty cool. Hey, Especially
0: as you get older, you're like, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know? And, uh. So uh, we became friends and he goes, Hey, I've got this band. And I'm like, yeah, who doesn't. Right. Yeah. And, and I said, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, man. And so he played me some stuff and I said, Hey, man, that's not bad actually. So uh, I actually produced, I uh, actually uh, produced their uh, demo for him, and uh, that really kind of lit the fuse for me. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, and then I started, uh, I, I went and bought some, bought some recording gear and started fooling around again. I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to do this. So what I did, what I wound up doing to make a long story short is I, is I sold, I sold the business. I, I sort of ratcheted down. I sold it. I got a real good deal on it. And, uh, um, and I got a hold, I got, uh, I got, uh um, I got a call from Stephen. and he said, Hey man, you know, we're, we, you know, we, we need the, uh, uh, we was, I think it was actually, uh, uh, Eric, I think it was actually Eric who called me the other guitar player yep. initially and said, uh, and said, uh, Hey man, you know, uh, you know, we, we kind of need another player and, uh, you know, you know, how does that sound to you? And I said, well, fuck yeah, it sounds great. You know? And so, you know, I I had to ramp up real quick. You know, I mean, I, you I knew you'd been ripping. You would I knew the play shredding but, anymore. <laughs> you know, I had to ramp up real quick, man. You know, I, that's right. And uh, you know, of course I knew the catalog, but I I never really played any of the songs. You right. know, I knew bits and pieces, but uh so so I uh, I ramped up real quick. And uh I remember the first first show we did was uh uh, late 2013, the whiskey, or actually, I think it was, uh, January, 2014 at the whiskey. And, uh, and then, uh, we, we were out, we out doing festivals and stuff. And, and so I, I, I was out, uh, I was out with Steven for about four years, four to five years. And, uh, and, uh, it was a blast. Um, you know, because people just connect with those songs. So it's like, you know, just those first couple of chords to wanted band. And people are just like, you know, it's a rush. It yeah. You know, I, I,
0: I, I just saw Stephen play two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was, did you? Killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, well, quite riot. Right. Right. Everybody was fantastic. They all sounded good. It was a good show. Yeah. i had
1: been out for a while too. So it was perfect. Yeah, It's funny because I actually played, I actually had played uh, at Mohegan uh, with them earlier on, I think yeah. 2015 or something like that. So where I'm at right now is uh I'm basically subbing. Uh, I did, we did a couple shows. Uh shows. Uh, we did the, uh, we did the whiskey and uh, we did a, a show down in uh, San Diego. Uh, and uh, I sat in for their other guitar player, Frankie and, uh, so, uh, so I'm basically uh subbing sitting in when he's uh, he's got some other stuff he's doing, and so uh, he's not right. always available.
0: He was in a sea hags, there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was uh, that was a good band for like what
0: had one album and then boom,
1: gone. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know, all, I heard about it because Steven told me about it. I had, back, I had to grab the cassette. I was like, these guys are great. They yeah, I, I never. I never, heard, I never, I'd never heard of him, you know, until Stephen, you know, turned me on and said, "Yeah, this guy Frankie," and it's like the guy was, and I was like, "Shit, that guy's a dead ringer for Joe Perry, man."
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, so, one thing with Stephen is all—it's like it's all like going to you, you know, it's like a badge of honor because you know, there's, there's no one who's been around Stephen has been a, a shoddy musician. You know what I mean? And in what he calls the rap bastards, you got it's like family for life. People come in and out whenever they want. You got that vibe. Yeah. With this, you know what I mean? Where he loves all you yeah. guys and it's just a, 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 a you yeah. know a, a moving machine you know
1: It's you know one, you know once a bastard always a bastard yeah. you know and and that's how it is so uh you know I'm uh you know it's like uh you know when I get a when I get a call to play it's like uh, you know I'm I'm stoked I'm ready to go
0: you know Great songs and I you know Steve is a great guy and you know it's it's, it's Yeah.
1: Fun. Yeah, for sure man. Uh you know and uh so uh, basically, uh, you know, I had uh, uh, the last thing I'll tell you about is the reason uh, I I basically kind of left Stephen's band before was we, Rough Cut got uh, offered the uh, Monsters cruise. Mm-hmm. And um, and we thought, you know, we thought, well, this is really the only place where you're going to get where you're going to make decent money. Right. And so the, the, the money was worth kind of getting back together. We all agreed that, all right, we'll, we'll get back together, but talk about a ramp up, relearning those songs. Jesus, you know, just because we did a lot of double leads and just, you know, just a lot of weird stuff that we did uh, with rough cut and uh, relearning. It was, uh, was time consuming. And, uh, and it was, he really had to step up. So we did actually, we actually did, the, uh, monsters, uh, 16 and monsters, 18. And, uh, then we did, uh, we did a uh, we did, I don't know, a half dozen clubs here in between, but, uh, everybody sort of had a different agenda. And, uh, I was sort of driving the whole thing. And, uh, at one point I had, uh, I had Wendy back as our manager and, you know, we had, uh, we had, we had, uh, you know, we had a good agent and all that, but uh, you know, you know, as you get older, you know how it is. It's like, you're not a kid anymore. And people have different agendas. And uh, so I, I, I quickly realized that, uh, you know, like uh, this wasn't gonna, this wasn't going to work. So, what I what I did was, you know, David and I still wanted to play, so we thought, well, you know, let's grab Stephen St. James, this singer I had told you about, mm-hmm. uh, who had uh, been in Motown. And uh, by the way, the guitar player for that band that he did with in Motown way back was uh, Mark Torine.
0: Really, which I was going to say because he was also in Rat for ten seconds for so a like, while. I think he rat- yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, 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 he was. uh, (laughs) that's right um so uh so we did we did a few gigs but um you know i mean really uh you know uh covid really was a big factor and you know it was just bad timing you know and i i I know those guys still want to play in fact i think we have a conference call later but I, 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 I'm as not rough sure. cut
0: because wasn't there I know I know I didn't get too deep into I know there was some bad blood and struggle for the name at one point and then splintering off.
1: There, there, that yeah, that's what I was referring to. Yeah, I know yeah. you're
0: little, being classy about it. It's, it's nice. It's good. Yeah, but yeah,
1: this, you know.
0: But what um, name were you playing under? This, this was this project. Was this rough cut or the other
1: rough cut? That's that's what that's what the bad blood was about.
0: <laughs> and then I know, like, what rough riot is he
1: we did yeah that was something that you know uh we we uh you know decided we'd try but it just uh again different agendas you know
0: but rough right yeah. I mean, is quiet um
1: cut <laughs> it, right i mean the cool thing was you know it was fun to play with carlos and you know carlos is a great great player and uh you know just hanging out with carlos and vicky I had a lot of fun and and, uh, was a you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, that's right. For, for, for a number of years, you know, and it just, it just goes, I mean, what comes around.
0: goes around. right. Yeah.
1: It's pretty funny. It's so, it's so prophetic, right? It is.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so, so anyway, what, so anyway, where I am right now is, uh, I'm, I'm just doing, uh, I'm, I'm writing, and, uh, I'm just doing some uh, submissions for, uh, uh, TV and stuff and just, uh, you know, sort of building a catalog and, uh, and I've built up a, uh, pretty good little studio here and it's, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm doing that. And then, uh, so are you writing uh, with you know. people?
0: Are you available for writing with people? Yeah, are you? Some you by myself. Oh, like, so what can get in touch with you? you know, are you offering services?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I am. Uh, you know, uh, you can hit me up at uh, Chris at net. Super easy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You can, you can hit me up. Yeah, put whatever links uh, you want underneath
0: the show, too, so people can catch it you on YouTube or the podcast and click on yeah, it. Yeah, sure.
1: That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm basically a free agent, you know, at this point, and, um, uh, which is cool. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm open to, uh, going out and playing if, uh, somebody needs another guitar player or whatever, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, it's, it's kind of very cool, actually. Um, am sure you be going uh, out with the bad kind
0: of Bastards too. There's a lot of gigs they have. I'm sure there'll be some for you.
1: They, they do, they do. And I, and I, you know, and I, I, I hope to, uh, I hope to do some of those uh, shows they have uh, coming up and, you know, they'll they'll call me when they need me so that's that's cool and uh so i'll you know i i'll give them uh you know i'll give them uh precedence over anything else i'm doing you know so uh yeah so
0: yeah <laughs>